pray that you would help us to, to do it, uh, that, that's glorifying to you, God, that's honoring to you, and Father, the, that, that's honoring to why you set this up, God, why you command this from, from us as your church. Father, help us not to take it lightly or to enter into it too quickly. And Father, we thank you for Jesus, and we pray these things in his name. Amen. As we think about the Lord's Supper and think about this time, we have to be reminded of why God set this up for us as His church. Time and time again throughout Scripture, throughout the Old Testament, we see times of great movements of God with His people. And whenever something incredible would happen, we would see times where, where God would, would institute certain ordinances for His people. Certain, certain feasts, for example. And one of those, for example, is, is with, with Exodus. With, with Egypt, when God came and saved His people from the Egyptians, He set up the Passover, set up this time year after year to be reminded of what God had done for them. It, it, was, it was important. God is a God of remembrance. He is not a God who wants us to forget His goodness and His faithfulness and His mercy and His love. Well, like Paul says in Colossians, those, those things are simply a shadow. The substance is Christ. Those things are simply a shadow and the substance is Christ Himself. And so when we see Christ coming and dying for, for us on our behalf on the cross and rising again, we see this, this ordinance instituted. We see the Lord's Supper given. And it, it's, it's a time of remembrance for us. It, it's not a time to take advantage of for selfish reasons. It's a time as the church to remember what God has done. And as we think about that, a scripture came to mind this afternoon as I was thinking of this time, and it's, it's out of Isaiah chapter 53, starting in verse 4. To be reminded of, of what Christ did for us, it says, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with His wounds we are healed. It's a reminder in the first few verses there, 4 through 6, of the suffering that Christ went through. Christ came at a time in history when to be executed the way that, that Christ was executed is what most scholars believe to be the most gruesome, excruciating death that any, any human being could endure and suffer through. It was not by accident. We believe that God is sovereign. We believe that Scripture teaches that God is sovereign and that that was done for a reason. Christ came and He went to the cross and He suffered. He was, he was whipped. He was beaten. And, and when we look at that and study that, that time of being flogged, uh, the way a person was flogged during that time, it wasn't with what we think of as just a normal whip. It was called a cat of nine tails. And it was, it was the Roman way of flogging someone. It was, it was a whip that had several leather strips and had bits of bone and glass. And, and a lot of times what would happen is that whip would would stick into the flesh and then they'd rip it out. And they would do 40 lashes minus one because they would say one more lash would, would kill whoever the victim was. Christ not only suffered that suffering, He then endured the process of crucifixion. He took a very, very heavy, very rough cross and laid it across that back that was just destroyed. And, and He walked up the hill to Golgotha. And we know the story. We know he went to the cross. We know that he was nailed, three nails, two through his wrists and one through the tops of his feet. And then he was, then he was set up on that cross for the whole world to see. 
And when we think about the sufferings of Christ, don't just think about how terrible of a suffering it must have been, but think about the severity of your own sin because that's why Christ was there. That's why Christ went to the cross. Not because He deserved it, but because we did. And because He took your place. But Isaiah not only tells us to remember the sufferings of Christ from a physical standpoint, but also from, more importantly, the spiritual standpoint. Verse 10, it says, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush Him. He has put Him to grief. See, not only do we see the truth of, of the Gospel and the truth of Christ's suffering in the physical standpoint, but from a spiritual standpoint. God placed all of His wrath on His Son and He crushed Him. And we may ask the question, well, why did He do that? Why did, why did God crush His own Son? It was for mine and your sake. God crushed His Son so that He might not have to crush us. It was because of our sin that Christ went to that cross, suffered physically, and suffered the full wrath of God for me and for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us that he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the very righteousness of God. And the Lord's Supper brings us to this place of begging us as His children to remember. Remember the Gospel. Remember what Christ did. Remember the sufferings that Christ went through on the cross. In 1 Corinthians, we see instructions of the Lord's Supper. And something for us as a church to remember and, and to take a moment and look at. Paul is writing to a group of people who, who are taking the Lord's Supper and they're doing it incorrectly. He writes in verse 20, he says, When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. Paul was writing to a church at Corinth who had many problems. One of their problems here in chapter 11 was that they were taking the Lord's Supper improperly. There are some who were not getting any and there are those who were eating as if it was any other meal and, and eating to their fill. And Paul says this is not something to celebrate. This is not something to commend you for. He goes on in verse 27 and continues instructing them. He says, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. Paul's exhortation, his encouragement to this church, one is to change their ways concerning the Lord's Supper, but also to remember they must examine their own hearts. Examine the whole reason that they do what they do. The Lord's Supper is not something to enter into lightly or quickly. It is not something to take advantage of as, as these were doing here to see as just some other meal that they were getting food for. It was something to remember what Christ had done for them. And so I think it's important for us, and I know Brother Jim does this every time, for us as a church to take a moment and to examine our own hearts. To examine our own hearts before we partake of this Lord's Supper. To make sure that our hearts are clear before our God and Savior. That we are not entering into this with some hidden sin. We are not entering into this quickly. We are not taking advantage of this. But we are doing this in the proper way. To remember what Christ did for you and what He did for me. So we're going to take a moment, just a moment of silence, and I ask, please, be reverent in this time as we examine our hearts before our God.
Let's pray. Father, I pray as we move forward in this service, God, that everyone in here as they partake of this, this Lord's Supper, God, that their hearts will be clear before you. God, I pray that not only for them, I pray it for me. God, this, this should be a time of remembrance. God, I pray that we do not abuse this time. As we remember what Christ did for me, what he did for, for everyone here. Father, I pray that you would take us to that time, Father, where we understood what Christ did for us. God, that day by day we would, we would remember what Christ did. He came, He lived a perfect life, and He died a death that He didn't deserve. The most excruciating death that we could ever possibly imagine. Taking our place. Father, I pray that you would be with us. We would continue to examine ourselves tonight as we move forward in this service. Lord, we love you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I could have our deacons come forward, please. In the same chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul continues to write to the Corinthian church. And he starts in verse 23 and he says, For I received from the Lord, where they also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
Jerry Greg, would you pray for us? Jesus says in John chapter 6, verse 58, speaking of Himself, He says, This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. He that eats this bread shall live forever. On that same night, Jesus took the cup, and having blessed it, gave it to His disciples and said, This is My blood which was shed for you.
You have a new voice. Would you pray for us? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22 says, And according to the law, I may almost say, all things are cleansed with blood. And apart from shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one, one with another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, and we'll end on this verse. It says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. Let's pray. Father, tonight, I thank You for this time. I thank You for the service, Lord. Father, that You've allowed us to be here as Your church, God, to, to partake of this, this ordinance that You've given to us, Father. Lord, to, to remember. To remember what Christ has done for each and every one of us going to the cross and suffering and dying. And Father, taking our place, God, understanding that we deserved what Christ took on the cross. But Father, we thank You for your sacrifice. We thank You that through Christ we are saved and we are forgiven. And Father, just pray that You'd be with us as we go out, God, to remember and to keep our focus on You. Lord, we love You. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, God bless. You are dismissed.